0: I'm Bernard Nomberg with the Nomberg Law Firm in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you for tuning in to the Nomberg Law Live podcast. Each week I have interesting conversations with people in their areas of expertise. In this episode, I have my friend and colleague, Derek Mills, an attorney based in Birmingham, Alabama. Derek is a good friend, an excellent lawyer, and he shares his journey from small Fayette County, Alabama to large Jefferson County, Alabama, where he practices and lives think you'll enjoy this excellent episode with Derek Mills. Thank you again for tuning in to Nomberg Law Live podcast. If you like this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating and a review, and subscribing will ensure that you get each podcast as they come out on a weekly basis. Thank you again. Good morning, everybody. It's Bernard Nomberg. It's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, and we are here for our weekly Nomberg Law Live, a show I've been doing for about four years now, and I really enjoy my conversations each week. And I've got a buddy and colleague of mine. Derek Mills is my guest. Hey, Derek, how's it going, bud?
1: Hey, man, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on here.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad you've got some time. This is a conversation I've been wanting for us to have. Uh, for a while. And for those of you who don't know, Derek, he is with Marsh Reichert and Brian Law Firm here in town. Derek fights the good fight. He is for many years now represented folks who really have needed his help and his firm's help in many things, whether it's a product's liability, a serious personal injury and the like. But Derek, I'm going to let you tell a little bit more about your practice and your firm, and then we're going to kick it back to Fayette County in some good old times.
1: Good, good. Since you say it that way, I'll, I'll just briefly talk about my practice so we can get back to the good stuff. So, yeah, you said it right. I am. Uh, I'm a uh, trial lawyer is the way I uh, describe myself. Uh, all types of civil litigation, primarily representing the little guy, usually the little guy versus the big guy, uh, which is very important to me. And I hope we'll talk more about that later. Absolutely. Uh, we do everything. It's all serious litigation here at Marsh, Riker and Brian. You know that. Um, uh, I have developed a little bit of a niche, uh, which is medical malpractice world. Uh, and the reason for that is, uh, lately, uh, I think regular folks are just starting to get it that the medical, uh, field nothing right or wrong or good or bad. Uh, but it's a business, it's a, it's a for-profit business. And, uh, so they don't necessarily treat us the way we want to be treated all the time. So I've sort of developed an interest in that.
0: Well, you're, you're so right about that in that it's so difficult in the state of Alabama, the way that the laws are written under the Alabama Medical Liability Act, that it really is very lopsided. It's very heavy handed in the favor of the doctors and the medical professionals. And that's just the way that it is. But very few lawyers such as yourself and some others who are truly dedicated to evening that playing field, really take on that fight. It's very expensive, it's very time consuming and the odds are stacked against you, but I know that you're firm and you have such passion for that type of work. And I certainly on behalf of myself as a fellow practitioner and and many others who need that in our world, thank you for for that type of of work. But let's get off the, the lawyer talk for just a few minutes. Not many folks know that Derek is a proud product of Fayette County, Alabama, just north of Tuscaloosa in the west side of our state. What was life like growing up in such a a metropolis, in such a booming, big town?
1: How many stoplights? No, I I kid with you. But talk about life in Fayette County growing up. Yeah. No, listen. So first of all, you got to get the wording right. It's Fayette. It's not Fayette. (laughs) I apologize. You are so right. I've only been through there. I am not from there. (laughs) Right. Well, everybody will gladly correct you if you you start pronouncing it the wrong way. But uh, so, you know, Bernard, I used to tell people uh, life growing up was rough. I grew up dirt poor in the country in a very, very small town um, and grew up with a single parent mom uh, who had five kids, worked two to three jobs and just really, really, I thought, life was really rough uh key phrase there i thought growing up now and being an adult i'll tell you i couldn't have had a better childhood i couldn't have had a better upbringing because it prepared me for everything i am today uh i am a country boy through and through but obviously those same lessons that you learn as a as a little boy that that mama instills in you that the high school football coach instills in you those are things that you need in the practice of law doing what what i do for a living and and Derek, I know a little bit about your your background,
0: but what folks may not know is, is how important mentors have been throughout your life. And, and we're gonna start with your mom, who I know is no longer with us. And, and for being a single parent and five children, I know that wasn't easy for her or for you guys, but, Talk a little bit about your mom and your family
1: life growing up a little bit oh, I will, but man, you just almost gave me a heart attack. No, my mom is still with us. Oh, my. Oh, <laughs> my. Then I no, misread something. I humbly apologize, Derek, for that. No problem. No problem. I talk Ooh. about her so much like she's an angel that maybe that's why you you thought that oh, she boy. That is truly huh. my fault, and I apologize to your mom. No problem. No problem. So, no, mentors are very, very important, and that's why I do what I do today not just practicing law uh, but hopefully we'll talk about some of the things that I'm most passionate about but my biggest mentor from day one as a little kid is mom. Uh, mom taught me hard work. Mom taught me take pride in what you do. Uh, my mom like I said growing up worked two to three jobs uh, could you know just to make ends meet and the beauty of what she did is she would bring us onto those second and third jobs. I mean I've I cleaned houses with my mom. I worked as a as a clerk, stocking uh, drinks and stocking uh, merchandise, and so you know, not only teaching us the value of hard work, but actually doing it right there with us. And you know, as a kid, you find you find things that are fun, and you try to make games out of it. Uh, one quick story about my mom—I may have shared this with you already. Uh, so, my mom used to have little games and little excursions and trips for us, and we'd go on these fishing trips, and we thought that was the coolest thing ever. Later in life, what I found is we were doing that to have something to eat that night. And so if we didn't, if we didn't catch our food, we weren't going to eat that night. Uh, growing up, you just thought mom's the coolest thing in the world. She's taking us fishing, but that was another purpose there. So wow. mom, absolutely biggest mentor, uh, but Bernard, uh, you know, I've just been blessed with good mentors throughout. I mean, every single teacher that ever taught me at faith, I consider a mentor, every single one. Uh, I have to probably set apart my high school football coach and my high school principal as being the ones that first taught me that, hey, listen, with education and keeping your nose clean and doing the right thing, you can go anywhere you want to go. Uh, so let me just mention by name Coach Walden Tucker and uh, uh, principal Mr. Uh, Raffer Hester. Let me just mention them by name. But I've been blessed, and if we keep going, I'll just tell you, uh, it's almost embarrassing the, the level of mentorship I've had. And so – I feel obligated to give it back.
0: Well, you know, everybody
1: everybody needs guidance
0: throughout their life, no matter how smart you are, no matter your humble beginnings or or how um, financially well off and, and your place in society, whatever you want to call, no one gets there on their own. And if they do, then they may not appreciate how they got there or the importance of, of what it means. I know that you go into the University of North Alabama, you had mentors there. You clerked for some very impressive and important people uh, at different times. So I want you to share, if you don't mind, Eric, a little bit more of your, your story about how the, the president of the University of North Alabama made a
1: impact on you. And then let's, let's just keep going with Senator Hefflin and Judge UW Clement. So it's all together, and, and this is how God works. So. Uh, Principal Hester uh, grew up in North Alabama uh, in the uh, in the Shoals area, uh, really, really, really close to Senator Heflin, really, really close to President Robert Potts, who I also have to mention him by name. Big, big, big influence over my life. But so they're all in the same circle. Uh, Senator Heflin wanted to create a scholarship uh, for a country boy like me. Uh, he wanted it. He specified I needed it to be an African-American. Uh, And he also specified that it needed to be a first-generation college student who's going to UNA. Well, it didn't take long for Principal Hester to figure out, all right, I got your guy, and it's Derek Mills. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, Senator Heflin took me under his wing, and Bernard, I'll tell you, uh, not only paid my way uh, to college, uh, it was supposed to be a one-time scholarship, but I would do weekly meetings with him and just sort of update. I say weekly, it may have been monthly but I would give him updates on how it's going, the transition between FED and UNA, and uh, just sort of talk to him about the different things uh, that I'm doing. And it turned into a true mentor-mentee relationship uh, and you know, impressed him so much, hopefully, uh, uh, that he just paid my way through UNA. The entire time at UNA, I never paid a dime. It gets better than that. Uh, when it was time to apply for law school, for Alabama law school, I didn't make as well as I wanted to make or needed to make on the LSAT. Mm-hmm. Senator Heflin made a couple of calls. Next thing you know, not only am I admitted to the University of Alabama Law School, but he paid my entire way to Alabama Law School. Uh, and so, yeah, that mentorship uh, piece runs through and through. And again, those same messages always held true. You work hard. You keep your nose clean. That's how the country boys say it, but have good integrity. And do what you're supposed to do, handle your business, and it just falls into place. And so at UNA, uh, President Potts, big, huge mentor of mine, who then introduced me to UW Clinton. I had a clerkship, which uh, a federal clerkship, you know, very, very impressive. I had one of those secured by the time my first year in law school, it was already secured because of the relationships. And those relationships are just so vitally important in
0: our lives and and I I don't want to I don't want to overlook the fact that one you were a motivated guy and still are two you have the brain power you have the motivation you have the drive that's so vitally important just because you were ultimately admitted into law school didn't mean you were going to succeed you had to put forth the time effort and energy that I suspect when you were growing up, you saw firsthand how your mom put in all that hard work in that time. But gosh, what a unique and, and memorable friendship you developed. It sounded like it was more than a mentorship. It really evolved to a friendship with Senator Heflin. And if anyone knows his history and importance for not only our state, but for the United States, what a what a truly honor, a true honor that probably you felt and still do to some some extent. But gosh, Derek, you were Ben had the the honor of clerking for UW Clemen. And if you don't know who Judge Clemen is, then you don't know your history of our state or of the civil rights movement. Uh, gosh, that's I know that those men made such a powerful impressions upon you. But I want to go back to something I know I've heard you say before, and while it's it's very impressive of your relationships and how you've been able to, to go through life with those, but I also know that it's important to you to stay grounded, and I want you to talk about the importance about how you stay grounded while you're having a successful law career, and here's why I bring that up. The folks who I represent, the folks who you represent, are everyday walks of life, blue collar, white collar, no collar, but they all have something in common. They need the assistance, the representation, the protection, if you will, of a lawyer. So how do you stay grounded in your relationships
1: with your clients to be able to help them in that regard? Well, to be real honest, with I didn't have a choice. So uh, mama, biggest influence, will never, ever let you forget where you came from. And then I'd be completely, completely remiss if I didn't mention my wife, uh, high school sweetheart. Uh, We grew up together in the country. And anytime I try to get a little less grounded, she's very quickly pulling me back in. So I didn't really have a choice. I can't take credit for that. Uh, But I I will say just being a country boy, uh, always sort of having that chip on your shoulder helps a little bit. Uh, but the main two influences, uh, to be honest, Bernard would be my mom and my wife.
0: Well, certainly, and that's, it's the sign of a good relationship, the sign of a good marriage and friendship is when you recognize those things. And I think it's it's too easy for people who find success, it doesn't have to be in the law, it could be a professional athlete, it could be any walk of life, that if you don't recognize these people that are so important to you and to, to us, As we get along through our various stages of life, if we forget about that, then we forget about our roots, we forget about where we've come from, we lose sight of those things that are truly important. And I know that that has never been your situation. I want to talk about, Derek, I want to pivot just a little bit. You've got an awesome law firm you work with, the people who are there are friends of mine, colleagues of mine, all walks of life, from all over our state and other states. But I don't know if any of them come from such a unique small town childhood and those impressionable years. And that's what I think is so unique and what you bring to that firm, among other things. But you're all colleagues. You all respect each other in a partnership, the, the firm, as most firms do. But talk about how what, you, what your uniqueness is to your firm, because... The reason why I wanna bring this up is a lot of people who don't deal with lawyers have this impression that they see maybe on TV or the movies. You know, all the lawyers are, are they're so well dressed and they act this way, but we're just average guys. We just have a, maybe a little bit more education and maybe a little more focus in one area of what we do. Yeah. Talk about how your uniqueness to your firm has has been a, have been good for you and your firm and how you use that a little bit.
1: Yeah me. I'll answer the question, but I'll give you a little bit of a, a story, too. So I am unique here. I'm the only country boy, uh, admitted country boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I think everybody here. So these are my best friends. Uh, these guys understand people, understand they may not have gone through and, and lived uh, in poverty, sort of like I did. But uh, they understand people. They're very empathetic folks. Uh, and so while I bring a, a unique set of experiences to them, they I mean, they're really the sort of people that they fully understand, maybe not uh, have lived it, but sort of understand. And I'll give you a real quick story. So you know how our firm works. Uh, most of our cases are through referral. Uh, lawyers refer us cases. And so I used to, after clerking for Judge Clement, I went to a defense firm, as you know, for a couple of years, uh, realized I wanted to do what I'm doing now. And so when I first get here, this is back in 2007, I believe. First, get here. There is a case that has been referred to David Marsh, one of the best lawyers in the state, um, and it's in Haleville, Alabama. And uh, I'm from Fayette, which if geography y'all know is just right next to uh, Winston County. And so they naturally think, all right, Derek, this is the case for you. I want you to go meet the lady, tell her you're her lawyer, and and we'll we'll take it from there. So young black boy, I show up uh, in Haleville, Alabama, uh, to sign up and to talk to this lady who had had an awful, awful experience, uh, lost her husband tragically in a nursing home, uh, uh, it's a nursing home case. And so when I show up, her and her sons are just sort of looking at me like, so you're our lawyer. And I said, uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm your lawyer. I work for David Marsh. And so they were just sort of watching me sort of making sure that I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took the case, Every single deposition that I took, uh, the family was there. I think at first wanting to know, you know, does this guy really know what he's doing? Uh, Halfway through that case, something magical happened, uh, Bernard, something magical. Uh, I think they saw how passionate I was, how much I cared for them and their family, uh, and how hard I was fighting. Halfway through, I became their lawyer. It wasn't David Marsh's client. It was my client. And, uh, we went and tried that case, me and David. Uh, and we, we got a, we got a nice verdict, uh, in Winston. Well, it's actually in Marion County. They're from Winston. Uh, got a big old verdict. And after that, uh, this, this, uh, white woman in Haleville, Alabama, uh, gave me the biggest hug, tears in her eyes. And to this day, we're Facebook friends. I think we're life friends. She knows what's going on with my kids. I know what's going on with her grandkids and her kids. And so that's the uniqueness I think that I bring to the table is, you know, I, we, we're we trying to convince people to trust us. We're trying to get folks to understand that we're regular people. And if they can see you in action, if they can see you do it, uh, I really think we're changing some minds over here. And I know you're doing the same over there, you and David.
0: You know, Derek, that story is such an important one that I don't think a lot of people can appreciate until they hear it or maybe go through it. Because most people don't care for lawyers. They'll say, I hate all lawyers. Well, except for mine. Mine is the best lawyer. And that's fine. And I too, and Brother David, and I know a bunch of the attorneys at your firm may have similar stories, but that's what, to me, that's what the practice of law is all about. They start out as your clients, but over through time, you develop this friendship, this relationship that I have clients going back to when I was a very young lawyer who I still, we still send cards and I communicate with them and I've watched their kids grow up and they, just like what you have said. And frankly, that's, that's one of the very foundations of why you do what you do. It's building these relationships. And guys, I'm talking with Derek Mills, a colleague and a buddy. He works at Marsh Reichert and Brian here in in Birmingham. Derek is a a passionate country boy who is now in in Birmingham. But a lot of those those roots have never left and will never leave. And I want to pivot a little bit, Derek, because I know another one of your passions is exercise and health and running. And when did this, is this always been part of your life? Is this something, do you have a wake up call? But I know now it's it's a not, if not daily, several times a week, something part of your your life. We're all busy. Everyone's busy, it doesn't matter your profession, but you've created it into a lifestyle. So share a little bit about why and how you do that.
1: Yeah, so I grew up an athlete uh, and uh, loved, loved, loved the game of football. It didn't love me as much, so I'm not in the NFL. But, no, I was an athlete, a pretty good athlete. Um, And uh, so, yeah, it's always been physical fitness uh, has always been a part of who I am. Uh, You get busy, Bernard, and and this certainly happened to me in college, the college days, uh, and a little bit in law school. You get busy, and you forget. uh, You really forget uh, how important exercise is to the mind. And so what happened to me, here's my wake-up call, and not a lot of people know this, but I'll share it with you. Um, so the wake up call was, I went to my doctor, this is probably five, six years ago now, and i gained a little weight, uh, wasn't as, uh, focused on exercise and cholesterol was high. Blood pressure was high. And my doctor who is great, wish I could plug him now, but I won't. Uh, my doctor said "Derek, uh, you, there's about 10 things that you need to really be doing, uh, to, to. To get better and have some some uh some balance in your life and also lower these numbers mm-hmm. uh and he went through all the ten some of them you know stop stressing well Boy, we both God. laughed because that ain't gonna happen being a <laughs> lawyer you, you're gonna stress yeah he said uh you know give up red meat give up pork you know give up some of these other things and he said but listen i'm gonna tell you uh you being who i know you are being passionate person uh you, won't you give up about three and start exercising more regularly? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I gave up beef. I gave up pork uh, and I just got after it on, on the exercise thing. And uh, it's, it's funny that now people see me and say, Hey, you, you're, you're, fit. What changed? And so I actually take offense to that because I used to be fit. I just fell off for a little bit. <laughs> so, so no, I, I run just about every day. If not, uh, you know, at least five times a week uh, and, uh, and work out with, with weights, but the running is important because, you know, as a lawyer, rarely do you have time to yourself, uh, and running is just the best way to, you know, center those thoughts. It's just you in the road. There's nothing better than it. nothing better.
0: Yeah. Whether you're, whether you're running, walking, or doing a combination of that, I think it's so important to be able to just clear your head a little bit. You, you, stress has come from everywhere in our lives. Doesn't matter if it's work, family, business, what, whatever it is, stress is stress. Whether it's it's a lot of good things or a lot of bad things, it's still stress. If you don't deal with it, you're right there. You're going to have that wake up call or, or it's going to be too late. And whether you're exercising as hiking, which I love to do, or running like you do, or lifting weights. One of my and David's lifestyle that we've we've created many many years ago when we got together in, in our firm is it goes on our calendar every week and they the the staff the lawyers here everybody and it may be the same for you when they see it on that calendar that's not going to be moved for work-related things it's a lifestyle moving your body is so important because we sit you and I are sitting right now Normally I have a stand up desk and I usually stand for most of the day and it's, it becomes uncomfortable sitting so yeah. much. We're not meant to be so sedentary, Yeah. but I, I applaud your, your wake up call. I admire your ability to run as often as, as you can. I, I'm not a runner. I never have been. I hate it. I will walk all day long. I will hike as long as you want to hike, but there's just something about running that I don't know that it's just not for me now. Do you run in any races? Do you ever participate in those kind of things? Talk,
1: tell us a little bit about that. Oh yeah, so uh, we're competitive people, right? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you start running and so you say you're not a runner. I'm gonna challenge you, I I disagree. (laughs) I think anybody's running. So when I first started out doing long distance running because as a football player, I was a sprinter, right? Right. So start out doing long distance running. I mean, I get to two and a half miles and I'm ready to give up. Uh, But then that's when you start running with other people And you start seeing where you fall on that spectrum of who the, you know, the good runners are and who the slow runners are. And so you become competitive. Uh, I have a group of friends that pushed me. uh, And so I signed up for a half marathon. Uh, And then if you sign up for it as a lawyer and just as a person who's competitive, you're going, you're going to do it. And you're going to try to do your best. And so each time I've signed up for a half marathon, the training increases big time. Uh, you increase the mileage and you try to do better and, and get your pace faster each time. So yeah, I've run several half marathons. I've yet to commit to a full marathon. Some of my friends say I'm going to, I'm not so sure. Uh But, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, I'll right, post it if I do.
0: Well, I, I, I look forward to seeing that brother. Dave runs about four miles each of his outings. So he may be, he may be the better non-bird brother to, to join you for that. Uh, yeah. Anytime you want to go for a hike, my friend, I, I welcome that. We've got just a couple of more minutes. I'm talking with Derek Mills. We're, we're having a good conversation. Just two old, old athletes, just trying to make it through a day, getting our exercise in. Derek, as I mentioned earlier, most people who've never dealt with lawyers, they may watch on the internet, YouTube, wherever it may be, slick ads. Come to our firm, we get all the best results. You know, those things, a briefcase, walking into court, coming out of court, very impressive. Well, that's not the reality. That's, right. that's what the firms, a lot of firms want to show people. Right. To me, that's very intimidating. Mm-hmm. To me, if I've never dealt with a lawyer, I want to know immediately how much is it going to cost for me to pick up the phone and talk to, to a lawyer for even 15 minutes, a consult. What most people don't know is typically there is no cost. Typically, for the work you and I do, it's all contingency based, which means If we don't win, if we don't settle the case for for compensation, if we don't try our case to a jury verdict or get a a verdict, we don't don't get paid. So here's my, my question that I'd like for you to share a little bit about. How do you and your firm break down those barriers for people who call who are very potentially timid or intimidated to talk to lawyers because they may think or assume incorrectly man, this is
1: going to cost me so much money. How do y'all deal with that? Yeah. Uh, So like I said, most of our cases are referred. uh, And so hopefully the referring lawyer has done some of that on the front end. But every single case that we take, we will get the client into our office and we want to hear their story. Uh, If anybody has gone to our website, uh, they'll know that that's our big thing is, we're in the business of, of trying cases and going to trial. We're trial lawyers, but at the end of the day, all we are, are storytellers. And we use the tools that we have, uh, you know, the rules of evidence, rules of civil procedure, things like that. We use those tools at our you know disposal that we have, but we're just telling the story. And it starts from that initial meeting. I want them to talk to me, Bernard, like I'm in their living room. Like we're at the ball fit. I want them to sit like we're having a beer. I want them to tell me how this happened, uh, what happened, and I want them to tell me how it makes them feel. And a lot of times, more often than not, uh, that story ends up being the major theme in the case. That theme in the case is an opening statement and in closing argument. And so if I've done my job, I've listened, uh, I've listened, uh, and I've put their story into this case and you know just talking to me right now uh you, you know i don't have a problem uh with uh understanding and disarming people because if you're intimidated by me then i don't know <laughs> i don't know what's wrong with you because no i'm i'm definitely not intimidating now i can be intimidating to other lawyers but but certainly not to the clients and so that's what we do if we just listen Bernard. Our-
0: and i know that pre covid
1: going out to homes like
0: the original story you shared. That's very common. A lot of people don't understand that we don't just sit behind a desk all day. We get out and we meet folks at Shoney's. We meet folks at their home. We may meet them at a barbecue place. That's one of my favorites, and I need to quit doing that, but need to find it a little healthier. But getting out of the office and going to where people are a little more comfortable sharing their their story, because coming to any law office can, again, it can be intimidating because folks don't do that on the regular. I do want to mention, speaking of your firm's website, I posted a link in the comments in the show notes here. So anybody who wants to reach out to Derek, I've got his uh, bio page link pulled up and I've pinned it so you guys can easily uh, reach Derek. And as we conclude, my friend, uh, I know that as we're coming out of the pandemic, I hope, I know there's a lot of uh, discussion that there may be this variant coming back I know but tell how your firm is dealing with client relations and meetings and things so if somebody calls you up and says mr mills I want to I want to consult with you how do you how are you guys handling it
1: these days multiple ways uh, and it's back to what you're saying about their comfort level and them we're, we're trying to break down these barriers that you know everything is super duper official we can meet them where they are Bernard, I, uh, I I do in-person meetings now, uh, but during the pandemic at its height, we, everything was via Zoom, mm-hmm. and we have the technology, and thank you for allowing me to do this now via Zoom. I mean, with the technology now, uh, we, we we can do everything uh, remotely, but it's still nothing quite like Bernard uh, actually meeting them where they are. Mm-hmm. So whatever they're comfortable with, uh, if they're comfortable coming into the office, we have masks here, we can do whatever is best for them but I promise you by the end of that meeting they're gonna know uh, if it's a case I can take they're gonna know uh, that I care about their situation uh, that I can fight for them uh, and that I'm here for them. and so that's whatever they want to do we're, we're comfortable with that
0: and, and are you still good with uh, taking meetings back at home in Fayette County
1: my mom is so happy right now because I just actually concluded a case in Fayette but I spent so much time in my hometown over the last year uh, it made her happy so yeah no, I I still do a lot of work in Fayette I'm still home a whole lot
0: One of my first trials was with Judge Moore in Fayette County many many years ago great case great outcome I still appreciate what he did for us and my humble apologies to your mother for misspeaking uh, earlier Uh, but uh, Derek Thank you so much for spending some time. I truly enjoyed our conversation. Derek Mills with Marsh Riker and Brian Law Firm, a colleague and a true friend. Thank you, Derek. All right. Thank you. Take care, my man. Thank you. Guys, as we do each week, this is another just awesome conversation. That's why I do them every week. It's interesting people in their areas of expertise, and Derek Mills certainly fits that bill. Keep coming back each Tuesday at 10 o'clock central, 8 a.m., Pacific. You guys have a safe week and we will catch you next week.